Thank you for the truth. Thank you, Madam President. Don't be too hard on Kara. She was just doing her job. The military, they teach you to dehumanize people. I'll take that into consideration. No! Stand up. Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple of guys who think they know sci-fi. I'm Jason. I'm Red. And today we're discussing Season 1, Episode 8, Flesh and Bone. Uh, but first, you got any, uh, any new sci-fi shows you've watched recently? No, sir. I have been a total bum. Yeah, I haven't done much this week either. Um, in fact, I'm... Kind of behind on some of the sci-fi shows that I've got recorded. I think I've watched Legion, and that's about it this week. So I just realized I stopped to get a delicious, wonderful chicharron burrito a couple of days ago. Yeah, And they had a flat-screen TV going in the dining area of this restaurant here in town. And they were showing X-Men Futures Past, Days of Whatever. Days of Future Past, yeah. Yeah, I, had, I realized I haven't seen that yet. Have you not? I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually not too bad. So I, I, mean, I was just I just saw actors and characters I recognized. Went, Wait a minute, I don't remember them saying that. Yeah, I don't remember them even talking to each other. What? The, oh, this must be that one. It's kind of a reset of the X Men universe timeline, so they could bring in the new characters. Because, are the X Men in the Infinity War movie? No, they are not. So the the whole thing with the X Men. And uh, the Avengers is the X-Men franchise is licensed out for movies to Fox. And but weren't Sony, they in the comic book canon in the Infinity Wars? Yes, they were. Um, but Fox has the movie rights and uh, Fox being a rival to Disney and all, they didn't want to play. They don't want to combine their toys and play all together. So that's a shame. I heard they made a lot of fucking money that first weekend. Well, yeah, they did. And Sony has the film rights to Spider-Man, the Spider-Man universe, which includes Spider-Man and all of the, the typical Spider-Man uh, villains, which is like Doc Ock, the Vulture, right. Well, wasn't that where Spider-Man got his black symbiote soup was from the infinity wars? His regular suit was destroyed, and so that alien race gave him that black symbiote. Uh, was it the Infinity Wars, or was it the Secret Wars? It was something with aliens. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember exactly if it was the Infinity... I think... I want to say it was the Secret Wars. But, yeah. So, one of those one of those storylines, he, he did get his black symbiotic suit. Yeah. And that turned out to be Venom. But... Yeah, um, but Sony actually struck up a deal with uh, Marvel several years back to combine or to allow uh, Disney to use uh, Spider-Man in the MCU, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
However, with Disney in the works of buying out Fox's uh, media franchise, everything except for the Fox News stuff, uh, it's looking like they're going to be able to, in the next you know three, four years probably, bring the X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm sorry. I was... I had a little bit of bile in my throat. I heard the words Fox and News in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah, uh. so so Disney's right now in uh, negotiations or, or drawing up the paperwork or whatever um, to to buy Fox Studios, and that that includes everything but the the news media organization. So damn, yeah, they're going to be a humongous Disney. I mean, they 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 do know about. Trusts and monopolies, right? Well, and and that's one of the interesting things that a lot of analysts are looking at is, is this going to be able to pass DOJ antitrust muster because they're consolidating a humongous... I'm just thinking there's an old piece of legislation called the Sherman Antitrust Act that's starting to roll in its grave. Right, right. Damn. Um, They're getting big. Yeah. And then, um, you know, with with AT&T buying... Uh, Warner Brothers and everything right now, or Time Warner, uh, that's also consolidating a, a pretty large media franchise. But Wow. It sounds like you're describing one of them old Japanese monster movies. <laughs> big guys showing up on the island. Only one's going to stand. Right, right. Somewhere over the skyscraper, you know, you got, you know, Time Warner and you got Disney. But on top of that, on top of that, Fox also has the rights to the Fantastic Four franchise, and the Fantastic Four were definitely in the Infinity Wars uh, storyline. Well, you um, know, you know what's going to have to happen then. What's that? There's two you haven't mentioned: Coke and Pepsi. They're going to be the juggernauts. They're going to be like Optimus and Megatron. <laughs> They're going to save us. Yeah. So I mean, well, yeah, the Fantastic Four were huge in that war. Yeah, and that's that's one of the big holes in the, in the whole inf- infinity gauntlet saga that, that the MCU is doing right now is that, you know, the fantastic four are nowhere to be seen. And that's because they're controlled by Fox. So, and from what I've read, I have to say for the record, officially Dr. Victor Von doom is my favorite character. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a major bad guy and no, uh, he's not a bad guy. Yeah, he's a bad guy. I mean, he's he not was a bad guy. He was the classic villain in in the '60s and '70s uh, Avengers and Fantastic Four. Yeah, comics. but they've they've modified his character. That deity that gave the adamantium to Black Panther. You know, there's a deity in, in this cave, and it like judges you upon your worthiness. It's a similar thing to uh, Mjolnir. You know, can you pick up Mjolnir if you're honorable and worthy and all that? Right, okay. Von Doom's entire suit is adamantium. Is Black, it? Yeah, Black Panther got some claws. Well, Black Panther uses vibranium, not adamantium. Well, whatever, it's vibranium, then. It's not adamantium, it's vibranium that he got. He got it from the same place, the exact same god. And Doom was shown all just thousands and thousands and thousands of futures with the earth and all of them, the earth and humanity is destroyed except for the ones where he is in command of the earth as emperor. Well, isn't that convenient? He is. Well, he's a, he's a good guy. It's just that 
what he does in the moment might be bad to us, but he's looking at the greater good. Okay, so all bad guys or all well-written bad guys always think they're doing the right thing. No, this isn't him. He was told by a god. Oh, okay. So <laughs> some... <laughs> and he met Jesus. Bon some dude, dude in a Jesus. beard tells you, you got to take over the world or it's going to die. And, and yeah. that's, that's gospel right there. And, and well, you, hey, you said gospel, not me. He met Jesus. <laughs> he is immune. He is immune to all forms of supernatural attack. He's got some of the actual cross from the crucifixion in his armor. Okay. So, like vampires and werewolves, and even that thing from uh, Jeepers Creepers can't fucking deal with him. Okay. So, Von Doom is the shit. Not saying he's not powerful. I'm just saying he's he's not a good guy. He can make balloon animals and everything just as good as Doctor Strange. Oh, no. Nobody makes balloon animals as good as Doctor Strange. No, I'm telling you, Von Doom's the shit, man. Nobody makes balloon animals like Doctor Strange. Yeah. They can't even make a movie about Doom because he's so big he'd just conquer everything. Well, he was in two of the three Fantastic Four movies. They would they would just like show Victor Von Doom and there'd be like that Star Wars crawl and he'd show a picture of Doom and then it would go straight to the ending credits. <laughs> Shortest movie ever. He wins. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't getting Battlestar knocked out. That's true. So, uh, speaking of Battlestar, I think it's time for the pod crawl. Let's hear it. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Rosalind Has a Dream, directed by David Lynch, sponsored by Kamala. Adama describes Leoben as a first-year philosophy major and sends Starbuck to interrogate. Boomer continues her mating dance with the Cylon Raider. Leoben, rocking fashion by Bannon, pl- plays interrogation joust with Starbuck. Starbuck gives a lecture on Cylon physiology. Boomer calls in her marker with Baltar. Not Boomer kisses and tells as low-budget Kevin Spacey, a.k.a. Doral, sets up a love nest. Not Boomer has a teen movie romance montage in her mind and runs away with Hilo. Leoben graduates to second-year philosophy major and declares himself God. Starbuck takes a few pages out of the CIA interrogation handbook. Baltar tests Boomer for Cylon Midia, but there's no shot that will clear that up. Leoben and Starbuck discuss theology and butcher Shakespeare. Rosalind dumps the pleasantries of torture and goes straight for the kill, but not before Leoben tries to sow havoc among the leadership. Starbuck goes back to the Galactica to play with her action figures. Rosalind and Adama share a drink. Okay, so what'd you think of the episode? I enjoyed it. It introduced a Cylon character that I really enjoy. I like Leoben. You do? Does he kind of stay this kind of mystic character throughout the rest of the series? Absolutely, 100%. Wow, okay. So he's kind of the mystic priest of the Cylon 12? Oh, yes. And uh, the shoe goes on the other foot in a future episode. How's that? Starbuck gets to become roomies with Leoben. Roomies? Roomies. They're not too fond of one another. They fi- He fixes her dinner and plays piano with her and talks <laughs> about all kinds of things. Interesting. That's, uh, that's kind of a fucked up dynamic. It is. 
But I, I enjoy Leoven, I really do. He was he was definitely an interesting character, and we did get a a good sense of kind of you know what's going on in his mind. He he does seem he does seem you know fairly superstitious and and mystical. I don't know if he actually you know sees the future. Dude, just call to it what it is. He's what? fucking religious. Well, yeah, he is religious, superstitious, and mystical. But he's religion. beyond religious. I mean, he declared himself God. He said, "I am God." Well, so he's got this whole god complex going. There are a lot of people that believe that ultimately. Right. But we don't necessarily say we're they're religious. We just say they're kind of fucking crazy. Well, yeah, but they call themselves religious. Well, yeah, when you're the center of the religion, I guess you would be religious. I don't want to I don't want to step on too many people's toes this early into our show. <laughs> but there there are some traditional Protestant religions that says so quite frankly right there that that's ultimately the goal there's a big wedding there's a marriage why would a god marry someone that's not a god you know stuff like that but who knows maybe disney will buy that religion out and change the canon throw out all the fuck away we got a whole new goal right right that never happened this is how it is they just cleaned it up they did <laughs> I wish you would just get over it. They just cleaned it up. They just cleaned, streamlined it. Right. I thought the episode was really good. I enjoy Leoben very well as a character. And I think he brings an interesting dynamic to the show. Because the um, I don't think people were aware until this episode just how human the Cylons are becoming. Well, yeah. I mean, not just, you know, physiologically. Because they're exactly. definitely uh, they're definitely biological creatures just from their anatomy, but yeah, the, the way that they said, my granddaddy said, if you lie with a dog, you're gonna get fleas. Right. I don't know. You lie with some people and you get fleas too. But I told you I was sorry, <laughs> and you told me also that you didn't it, have fleas. It was an accident. They're pets. But yeah, so I. Enjoyed the episode for what it was, but it didn't move things forward very much. It's uh, no, I just thought it clarified. Yeah, it was kind of a Leoben and Starbuck kind of episode. But also, I think it's important that you pay close attention to Roslyn because that's going to be revisited heavily. What uh, Kamala addiction? Yes, and the visions that she gets. She and Leoben are parallel on that on that path. She's going to start seeing things that begin to influence her decisions for the fleet. Oh, good. So she's having uh, Kamala-fueled visions, and she's going to start letting that dictate her Well, leadership? sure. And we've had presidents that pray about things before they make decisions. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's, see that there's much of a difference. Well, there's not a difference, but that doesn't make it right. I mean, it just depends on your perspective. Once upon a time, there was this crazy old man that was so devoted to the flying spaghetti monster that he decided to chop off his own foreskin. And then, when he had a kid, he decided to sacrifice that child, commit murder to his only child to show his devotion. And when you say flying spaghetti monster, people think that man's nuts. He needs to be committed. But if you say, oh, no, it was actually God Jehovah and his name was Abraham. Oh, right. no, no, that's different. That's faith. 
So you say Kamala, somebody else says the Holy Spirit. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So but yeah, that she does use that. It's uh, she becomes kind of a. She reminds me a lot. She basically becomes Moses. She's becoming Next. Moses. She's becoming Moses. She's a female Moses, and she's leading the lost tribes of men through the through the wilderness to the Holy Land, to the land of milk and honey. What does that make Adama? Because he's the one that started Aaron, this journey. Aaron. Okay. His brother Aaron. Right. Interesting. But yeah, that's really what this is. If you here's spoiler alert, you know. She is Moses. I mean, it is just so blatant. It's flagrant plagiarism. She well, is Moses. Who's going to end up as John Smith? <laughs> um, can't tell, say that unless you want me to do a big spoiler. Oh, no. Keep that hidden. But there is there is a John Smith. Is there really? Oh, there my God. Okay. <laughs> uh, is it, is it, are they going to have a just hat and everything? The biggest, the and they gave part of it in this episode when Leoben said this has all happened before and this will happen again. Right, yeah, but that's that part is, of their whole religious doctrine. I mean, that's it is. In there. It's it's, but it's not just part of the monotheist, the monotheistic doctrine. It's in the polytheistic doctrine as well. And yeah, I mean, this has happened before. It will happen again. So uh, Baltar seems to have stumbled upon an actual Cylon detector. Well, either that or it's another one of those 99-cent rip-off apps for your smartphone. What, what's going to happen whenever Boomer and Not Boomer come together? Uh, that doesn't happen for a little while. we got a few more episodes to go. But that would also entail someone's ability to get off of Caprica. So we're going to have to wait till they get off Caprica before that's even an issue. Well, I assume that that's going to happen sometime in the near future. Yeah. Although, although they are setting up a, a little love cabin for for them. Yeah. To, don't 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 hold your breath on that one. Okay. It's that's that they, they do, but it's not that big a deal. It's more of a timeshare. So, yeah, that's really all I had for this episode to discuss, other than the whole torture thing. Um, so it's interesting that the. Battlestar Galactica military doctrine is is torture for their interrogation Well, remember techniques. when Starbuck was talking with the president and she said, look, it's not even a human being. I can do whatever I want. Well, yeah, but so, yes, she does think it's a machine, but I mean, it also is trying to replicate humanity. So what's what was her whole point there? I, I, I don't understand if, if she doesn't think it's human. Why use human torture interrogation techniques on it? Well, like she said, you sweat. So if it's so if it's set up to mimic human responses so well, then that's perfect weakness to exploit when you're trying to get information. Okay. And she has the added benefit of not having to keep up with uh, any kind of morality with it, so she can do whatever the hell she wants. But what's her but end game? The end game was to get him to disclose where the nuke was. But how's she going to do that? Because she said it herself that uh, she was trying to get him to switch over to machine mode where he would turn off his his pain receptors. And that honestly, I think, was simply a head game thing because she was trying to get to break him mentally. Okay, I believe ultimately she was wanting to get him to where he would 
be a, a reservoir for future information. They weren't going to get rid of him if they could get him to crack. But I still don't think she really thought that through or... Well, it, it you did, also it didn't have seem... to realize she's not a professional interrogator. She's a fighter jock. Then why did Adama send her? Because I mean, if she, she didn't have interrogation I, I skills... I wouldn't have sent her. If, if she I didn't have interrogation mis- skills, then why did right. Adama send her? Right, I don't think her? it should have been done. I disagree with Adama's decision completely on that. She should not have been the one chosen. Yeah, I just... I, I didn't really enjoy the interrogation scenes on this show. I thought it was I thought it was really heavy handed. I thought heavy handed, clumsy. Yeah. Heavy handed, clumsy. Eight hours isn't enough time to do adequate interrogation. Yeah, it just didn't it wasn't as well done as some other episodes or some other I take it back. I think you could do it in eight hours, but you wouldn't have much left. Well, but I mean there's been studies upon studies shown that uh, physical torture doesn't yield good intelligence. No, it doesn't. I mean, the FBI abandoned that shit a long time ago. I don't even think the army uh, uses that that technique anymore. I think that's no, pretty much I don't just think they a do either. Bush era CIA fucking thing. No, and it's. I agree. It's not. It's not good. But what can be done if you have adequate time? is reconditioning that is highly effective but that can take weeks months they had less than eight hours right now this was just done honestly to put some tension into the viewer watching this fleet and to establish a connection for future episodes between the characters of Lee Oban and Starbuck and also I think to introduce the uh the dreams and the and the prophecies and everything that the president's going to start experiencing. Okay, I can see that. I just think that other shows have done it a lot better, especially well, like, yeah. like Babylon Five did it really well. Oh, don't even get me on that soapbox. Babylon Five is one of the best science fiction shows ever to make the small screen. So you're not a big fan? No, not at all. JMS is fucking awesome. <laughs> that man can sign my box of Fruit Loops any day. But yeah, it's uh, that show. One of the episodes that that, uh, I remember very clearly was the episode where Sheridan got captured and being interrogated. Oh, by the Mimbari? No, it wasn't the the Psychor. Oh, the Psychor one? Yes, yes. Because he was also interrogated. No, I'm thinking Sinclair. Sinclair was interrogated by the Mimbari. Yeah, Psychor. Oh, God, I love Psychor. Walter Koenig. Wow. Chekhov has left the building. Oh, I so enjoyed his character on B5. Bester. Yeah. But, yeah, that's all this was. It was a bad choice for interrogation. It wasn't even a good room for interrogation. How what I mean, what do you need for an interrogation room other than a table and a couple chairs like they had? For well, for one, it was too well lit. It was too open. It allowed him to have too many forms of visual stimuli that he could distract himself with. When you want to interrogate somebody in a short amount of time and you're really wanting to get at a particular piece of information, you don't want them having the luxury of focusing on anything but themselves 
and the situation that's being presented to them by the interrogator. That's it. It needs to be intense, it needs to be high stress, and it needs to be unrelenting. Because eventually they're going to start tripping over themselves. And if you do it right, especially if you can do it following up several days of sleep deprivation, also don't allow them to use the restroom. And then when they do use the restroom, you punish them for that. Or pardon me, you give them negative consequences. Yeah, but see, that's... That's more torture. I mean, that's just psychological it's and physiological. Well, no. So what I'm saying is enhanced interrogation techniques is as what the CIA wants to call it now is ineffective for good intelligence. Overall, yeah. But if you're just focusing on one or two key elements, it can still be used. But even those key elements don't don't give good intel because Somebody in that situation that you eventually wear down will say anything to get the the punishment eased up. I mean, it's it they they start giving you bullshit just because for, that's what they think that that's for what, a little while. Everybody breaks, and when you get some people that are really skilled at what they're doing, not Starbucks. She was God. She was clumsy. If you get somebody in there that really knows what they're doing, it's you can get one or two pieces. If that's all you're looking for is just a couple of pieces of information. You can get it. It can be done. Eight hours, it's totally possible. Not to mention, I'm surprised they didn't go with more of a chemical approach and get old Dr. Marlboro in there. <laughs> I think Doc Marlboro could have got it done in about 45 minutes. <laughs> I'll give him a cocktail. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we can agree to disagree on that. But uh, it is, from what I have read, uh, it is doable for just one or two pieces of information. If you're looking for overall strategy and stuff, yeah, they can stumble fuck around and you'll be, you'll be chasing shadows. But if it's just one or two hard pieces of information, like where do you have the hostage where is the bomb located? It's doable. But you've got to have somebody that knows what they're doing, and you've got to put the person in an environment that basically takes them completely and utterly out of where they're at. Hmm. I've actually heard they've had some really good work with uh, putting people in a, in a mild... Uh, they'll, they'll introduce a, a, a low-grade low sedative and put them in an isolation tank. Like a sensory deprivation tank? Yeah, yeah, that thing, that thing, yeah. They've had some interesting results from those. So they can get all zen? Well, you just, they they basically start interrogating themselves. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, a sensory, sensory deprivation tank would drive me insane because I've got tinnitus, but that would, uh, I'm not sure that would be like torture for many people. Uh, it depends. It depends. And it's not necessarily torture you're looking for. Torture is just a tool to gain the information. I've just done some reading that sensory deprivation tanks have been posited as a valuable asset when it comes to enhanced interrogation. Just because it's enhanced interrogation doesn't mean they're going to be putting bamboo chopsticks up your penis. I mean... Well, so... 
the term if you even inter- found that displeasurable i mean yeah, you know the term enhanced interrogation is basically something that they came up with to describe things that weren't technically by the definition posed in posed by the courts as torture right right but yeah the uh there's there's a lot of different ways that black box between our ears it's a funny animal because we can't actually observe it like we would an animal in a cage and you've got to operate off of a lot of behaviorism you know we have precedent set for what normal appetitive and aversive stimuli can provide on someone's mind but when you're dealing with an individual that's not even quite human there's that added curve thrown in with a cylon i mean how closely is he in fact mimicking humanity and if he's really really into it that in itself could be a key to try and get into his programming you know what has he developed around his own mental state so I think that's how most modern interrogation, actual well-done interrogation techniques happen, is, is you you get the confidence of the subject, you get them to talking, and then they start letting things out. They do. Unconscious to them, uh, you you ask various questions, you circle around and ask the same questions in a different way and, and see if, if they See if they stumble... If you want to monitor respiration, if, if heart answers, rate. Or if their answers are the same that they gave before, if mm-hmm. they change things. I mean, I think that's how modern interrogation techniques actually work. Um, <laughs> one of the, and this is totally unrealistic and, and bullshit, but it's it kind of illustrates the point, is is one of the ways that you can visualize that is, is how... Uh, Black Widow in, in the Avengers does her technique uh, interrogations like. Um, oh yeah. The the original mm. <laughs> the original Black Im- Widow. Avenger movie when she was uh, captured and was mm. actually interrogating her captors. No, 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 you're she- skipping over. She was also restrained. Yes, she was. Mm. <laughs> and uh, also, whenever she was interrogating Loki, whenever he was caught. So. Oh yes. But she wasn't restrained then. Are you done drooling? Uh, you need to clean up. Russian ropes. <laughs> Russian ropes. All right, all right, I'm back. No, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, there's lots of different ways of doing it. It's like, you, you know, putting out a request, you know, what's the best recipe for whatever? You're going to get a thousand different recipes. There's a thousand different ways of interrogating people. You can use straight chemicals, you can use torture, you can use a combination, you can avoid one area, go to another. There's a lot of different ways to do it. They just should not have used a recovering fighter jock still in the midst of her PTS to yeah, you try and get that, information. You would think that the Galactica has somebody who specializes in that. Yeah, you would. Or at least had, you know, some experience, if not specialized. But... um of course, you, know. you don't want to use that sergeant that they use to uh, start the witch hunt either, because she's about as subtle as a brick. Oh, you think that's subtle? There's a lieutenant on board the Pegasus you've yet to meet. He specializes in Cylon interrogation. Really? Oh, yeah. But he breaks them. Like, literally? 
Yeah, yeah, there's some broken bones. Oh, good. Yeah, he is a vicious fucker. That man doesn't... He needs to be on the prison barge. He is an absolute criminal. He is a psychopath. I mean, really, that would be a better way to kind of tell this story, though. I mean, if the Cylons are, you know, new to the whole cognitive process and everything, that would be one way to really trip them up is, I mean... We've been studying psychology for you know centuries now, yeah. and we've got we've got fairly good at knowing how people think and what causes them to think and react in, in certain ways. Yeah, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that the Cylons have that that same understanding, and that would be a really useful advantage. It would be, and also when you look at Caprica, they filled in some gaps on uh, the TV show Caprica regarding the creation of the Cylons. The The first Cylon that was sentient was a computer program that was basically um, a copy of a human mind, and it was an adolescent female mind Oh my god. The programmer. Day, don't get sexist. I'm not getting sexist, just a, a teenage mind in yeah, of teenage itself is, is just That's fucking chaos. Yeah, and she was real angsty and she was also the daughter, the only child of the creator of the Cylons. Played by Eric Stoltz. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was some kind of wonderful. Did you get that one? Ah, I got Did that you one. Get that one. Got that one. He was some kind of wonderful. Um, but yeah, and so uh she got caught up with a terrorist group because she's angsty. And uh they were into the monotheism because it was against the law at the time. This is back when Adama Commander Adama was like 18 years old, 19 years old. He okay. was just about to join the colonial fleet. If you want to you know, put the timeline in there. Actually, no, he would have been about 12. He was about 12, 10 or 12 when this went down and just about to join the colonial fleet. Well, no, no. Well, the, no, the thing is there was, there was some wars going on between the colonies and they had just started coming together when the Cylon, first Cylon War broke out. And his, his family, the Adama family, is also in the TV show Caprica. His uh, father's an attorney. And his father's got strong ties with the criminal element, organized crime, the La Costa Nostra of the 12 colonies, is basically the planet Toron. So if you're a Taurus, you're, you're a... You're a mafia, dude. Oh, good. And so, yeah, I thought you'd like that. No stereotyping there. None. And so, anyway, the way it basically is going down is uh, the the underground movement, she hooks up with them. They're all about blowing shit up terrorist style for the name of the one true God. And she dies. But somehow or another, there's this like VR game that everybody plays. They put on these glasses and they go into a VR world that's just as real as what you and I are experiencing right now. Tell me that wouldn't be addictive. Right. And it was operated through like a Facebook style social media. So everybody's linking into it. And, and they're um, selling all the information to Cambridge Analytica. 
Uh, probably. No, but it's all on uh, cut corner paper, though, so it's totally secure. Uh, yeah. Uh. And so, anyway, and did you notice there was some cut corner paper on Starbucks locker when she got out her action figure? No, I think I'm pretty much just blocking all that shit out now. It was there. It was there. But um, we'll just call it Jason paper. But she has some Jason paper. She had a laundry list on her locker Fuck door. But please. But anyway, um, the uh, the whole thing was somehow or another her consciousness was still in the VR when the when the bomb went off, and and she was able to put herself inside one of the Cylon soldiers that looked like a little bit beefier version of the traditional Cylons that we're used to from the original series. Okay. And then from there, she started preaching the one God thing to the other Cylons until they, in turn, through analyzing her neural net, were able to start coming up with true AI. And they started meeting in secret, like, you know, you send your your Cylon out to go to the grocery store, this other Cylon's going to go get parts for the car, this other Cylon's, you know supposedly going to get a recharge on his battery pack from doing street construction and they all meet under an overpass and they're listening to another Cylon talk about the one true God. And that's how they broke into the first Cylon war. And these are all toasters that are, these are all, these are all variants of toasters. But I think the reason they started wanting to do the, the whole human skin job thing was in part due to that little girl Wanting to have a normal-looking body again is my own personal take on it. But that's all from the television show Caprica. Oh, okay. Very few spaceships, no pew-pew, lots of character development. I'm surprised you were able to watch it. I didn't watch it entirely. I did a lot of fast-forwarding. You like the DVR, man. DVR's good. But, um, no, I, I watched it enough. I mean, there were some interesting points to it. But uh, yeah, the uh, and then there's there's another spin you're gonna get in the show we're watching right now that puts even a spin on top of that, as far as the Cylons and their ultimate goals and what's going on. But um, the uh, the thing is, it seems to be like the episode said, flesh and bone. You know, it's there is. What is flesh and what is bone? What makes them Cylon? What makes us human? Yeah. That is a yeah. fundamental question in the series. Yeah, that's what I got from the from the episode is the theme is what is it to be human? So uh what what separates being a human from you know being a Cylon other than the Cylons have slightly different chemistry in, in bodies or in their Well, I'll go so. ahead and give a big spoiler right now. Anybody with O negative blood's a Cylon. There you go. It's out. That's it. Really? O negative is Cylons. O negatives are Cylons. O negative is Cylon. Interesting. There you go. Uh huh. Thought you'd find that interesting. Universal donor is Cylon. Yeah. So really, Baltar's little Cylon detector is is. He's just typing blood. (laughs) He's typing blood and. Is it just me, or did it not look like he was playing Tetris? That's all it is. He's just getting the little shapes figured out. They line up. They all match. And then they turn green. And if they don't all match, then they turn red. So Cylons are fucked up Tetris, is what you're saying. They're just just cherry-flavored. Cherry-flavored Tetris? 
That's all. And humans are mint flavored Tetris. Yeah, I know, right? Mint too. And what's spearmint about? Mint yeah, spearmint. What is I mean, spearmint? Come on. What is that? But yeah, that's that's what this is about. The, the differences between Cylons and humans. Are there that many differences? And wasn't it interesting when Starbuck made verified her connection to Leo by putting her hand on the glass before he got spaced? Yeah, that was kind of weird and kind of out of character, but yeah, that was stupid. It's it's to me this show it showed a lot of flaws yeah. in the characters and it it truly explains that the Cylons if they wanted the humans dead, they'd all be dead. Which goes back to what I spoke about in our last episode. They're starting to look at us as a microcosm. You know, this little ecosystem that they in turn can use to attempt their hybridization. So we're we're lab rats. Pretty much. Nice. All right, so let's uh get to awards time. Who's who's got your black lung award? I didn't see anybody smoke. Neither did I. I'll so, give that one to me. <laughs> to you? That'll work. I'll take it. Okay. Mine went to, to Doc Connell as an honorary award because he's the default. So, And then as far as the Lush Award, there was that scene where Adama was drinking with Rosalind, but it looked like tap water. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if that was because he was sipping it awfully like or he was sipping it like it was liquor. Well, they just now figured out how to make water. No, they they just now. <laughs> if if by making water you mean they melt ice, then yeah, yeah, they know how to make water. But that's not actually oh, making water. That's so just transitioning cold. water. This water's <laughs> so cold. I gotta yeah, talk my, like I've got laryngitis. Yeah, my my head lush award goes to Adama for. Uh, Sipping his sipping water. water. So it was either liquor or it was water, and he was acting it's, like it, it's, it's liquor. It's Dasani. Dasani. It's Dasani. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's your player award? Oh, well, the player award, I'm going to go back to Baltar. No, 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 no. I'm going to go to Boomer because she was about to finger bang that damn Raider. Uh, yeah, that's who I got, too. That was my player award for the exact same reason. She is she is getting it on. Oh, with that she radio. did everything but twerk on that thing. The hell is that? Twerking. Oh, what is that noise? Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's the my cell phone. Let me kill that. <laughs> I didn't know that would be heard, so I was yeah. ignoring it. The one time I get a phone call, nobody calls me. The one time I get a call. <laughs> All right, so it uh, looks like the next episode is season one, episode nine, called Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. So if we get Ty, <laughs> we get Colonel Ty in some kind of bondage situation, I may not you make it through wish. this episode. You wish. I may not make it through. I may be just spent. So <laughs> um, President Rosalind's fears that Commander Adama is a Cylon are stoked when she learns he's making secret wireless calls to other ships. Then, to make things worse, a single Cylon Raider appears near the Galactica and begins acting strangely after being damaged in battle. 
Though I'm going to say that the Cylon Raider is acting strangely because Boomer sent out some pheromones or something, and it's, pheromones in space, and it's uh, it's it's coming to That's to mate. What this show needs are some sonic charges for space combat, like sonic the, charges for space combat. Yeah, they need those things oh like gosh. Django Fett had. Yeah, no, I'm not even going to get into how Sonic Django, Chargers... Django, he no. some Django bombs. No, and no. Boomer can launch them. <laughs> Why do you think they call her Boomer? That's, that's an interesting question. I mean... We should ponder that. We should ponder that. Maybe we'll discuss that next time. Boomer. Come up with your theory, and we'll, we'll talk about it. We will discuss. We'll Hi, discuss. it's been good. I enjoyed it. Me too. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Blueberry. You can leave us feedback at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is Jason. This is Brett. We'll talk to you next week. All right, bye.